everybody, welcome back to Reggie's Comic Stories, episode number 21, and this is, I think, episode 5 in my series looking at uh, collectors and collecting. I've been calling it the habit and hobby of collecting, but I think uh, I'm starting to learn that it's, uh, really for some people, it is just a hobby, other people it is much more habitual, and then for most of us that collect, it's sort of uh, a combination of the two, so... Uh, we're going to leave it, just, we're going to just call it a hobby for now until I get further information. Uh, today on the show we're talking with uh, Patrick Kotenberg, who uh, is a comics collector and uh, has accrued other things, uh, a little bit, a few other things in his travails with collecting. But what's interesting about him as a comic collector is that he's fairly new to it. He picked up during uh, DC, had a publishing initiative called Rebirth, that's DC Comics, uh, just a couple of years ago, and that's when he started getting into it um, and got into it in earnest. Uh, those publishing initiatives do work, folks, to some extent. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep using them. Uh, reboots, we sometimes call them. Uh, but, you know, they do pick up new readers, uh, sometimes in massive numbers. So this is why these publishers keep going back to the well to reboot them. And it's interesting because I think when people think of comics collectors that take it seriously, uh, they've been doing it for quite a while, but obviously everyone has to start somewhere. And for this, I, I sometimes think about, uh, I haven't talked about this on the air because it hasn't really come up, but I'm a fan of the New York City subway. I'm a fan of uh, New York City history in general, but the subway and the history of the subway is of particular interest to me. And, uh, you know, I've... Uh, read a lot of books about it, and I've been to the Transit Museum in Brooklyn, and I've even ridden on the, some of the old cars when they have special uh, holiday rides and stuff where they take the old cars out and run them on the rails, and uh, I, I enjoy it very much, and some people have said I'm a real subway buff, and my answer to them is, oh, I'm not really into the subway uh, like some people, and I think of other people that are like can name every car or know the year that, you know, every station was commissioned or whatever it is. So there's always someone else that is like, uh, you know, a ring to attain, you know, to grab onto. And uh, this is something like that, too, with, with comics. It can definitely feel like if you didn't get in at a certain time, then it's not open to you. But that's not the way Patrick felt. And uh, he got into comics, like I say, just a couple of years ago. We're going to hear what he has to say how he feels about comics now, and what is the state of his collection. And I did a little bit when I was a kid, because I had a paper route, so I briefly collected. I wouldn't even call myself a collector back then, more of just I went to a comic shop and bought what I thought I liked, but it wasn't until now that I really got into it. So, so. what are we talking about then, like the late 80s? No, uh, like mid nineties. Mid nineties, right, right okay. in the bubble, right in the bubble. So Image had launched, and I was doing some Spider-Man and Punisher, and then of course Wildcats and Spawn with Free and Jim Lee, and so. And did you have friends that bought comics at that time too? That sort of yeah, you on to it. I, I was a real oddball. We'll probably talk about it a little bit. I didn't uh -huh. have so, yeah, I had a couple, but I was, I was pretty much a loner. But that's uh, that's I guess you know also that also was when comics were more mainstream uh, for a little while there. So you got your mind to it. Plus, you could still get them down at the Seven Eleven. 
or uh, whatever else still in the mid-90s, whereas you can't anymore. Uh, yeah, I'm curious about that side of it because what you guys talk about is a lot different than what I experienced. Because, sure. like, we, um, the area that I grew up in, it really developed in the 80s, right? So we missed basically the golden age of comics altogether. Yeah. And so there's, I've never seen a comic like on a rack or in a 7-Eleven or something. That's something that you guys, I'm thinking that's maybe like an East Coast or Midwest thing or something, or I, just, I was just. Uh, it, it was coast to coast, but by the mid nineties, that, that form of distribution had really shrank down to almost nothing. So that's why probably by by your time, uh, I mean, even at one time, 7-Eleven did have a national account with, uh, comics distributors. They used to sell these like multi packs of comics and, and magazines and stuff. Uh, but by the, I'd say by 95, 94, even, that was done and it was all happening in comic stores. And part of it was because of the speculation boom had made these comic stores into like miniature economic juggernauts. You know, for a brief time they were calling the shots, but. Right. We all pay the price now that, you know, comics yeah. have become like a secret society of people that. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't really talk about it too much, right? It's, so he'll just kind of look at you like, oh, okay. If not, yeah, if you're not into it. It's, <laughs> so, I mean, so that's the interesting thing. So you did buy comics a, a little bit as, as a, a younger person, but uh, you got back into it, we'll say. Uh, although yeah. it, it's, it seems much more than ever before. Uh, what was it that brought you back to comics? Well, strangely, The Man is Still the Movie. is okay. actually I watched that and I really liked it. And what was partly strange about that is that I didn't like DC when I was growing up. I had zero interest in it. I thought Batman, Superman was boring and Batman I didn't really know a whole lot about. So, but I watched that movie and I liked it a lot. And then I heard about Rebirth and I thought thought first issues would be a good time to jump back in. And and I'm I'm glad I did, but boy, was I wrong, man. I've never been so lost and confused as reading that Rebirth Deluxe. Like, <laughs> and, so, and just so people know, Rebirth was an initiative. That was 2016, am I right, or am I getting that wrong? Yeah, yeah. I think it was towards the end of 2016. It was, it was towards the end. Really, I guess it happened first in April, but it was really towards the end. It was like September on. Uh, that was DC Comics, uh, I, another reboot-ish Initiative, we'll say. I don't really know what to call it, but it was just basically a publishing initiative to get more interest back in the comics. And yeah, uh, you got you got interested at that time. It, it worked on you. It sounds like. Yeah, I think they called it like a reimagining, right? But I think it was kind of like a new Fifty Two's not working that great. So it's sort <laughs> of. Well, so how did you react to that? You didn't have the uh, understanding of what the comics had been doing. You know, you hadn't looked yeah. at a comic in a long time. So how did you understand it in, in the way that Rebirth was a reaction to what was happening? Well, thank goodness for uh, Wiki and YouTube and podcasts and stuff, right? Yeah. Because first time I read it, I was so lost. And the the part about that, too, is I was lost enough that I didn't know how lost I was. Like, I didn't know who Mr. Oz was, but I didn't know no one knew who Mr. Oz was. I just figured <laughs> a character I didn't know. Uh-huh. Right? So, so stuff like that was going right over my head. I didn't understand all the Watchmen connections that were in it until like, I had the deluxe, the rebirth. So on the back, it started talking about it, and then I Googled it. and So it, it was a lot of Google and YouTube, and thank goodness for that because – there was just one big um, hole I kept opening up, you know. What is Rebirth, you know? Now, is, I just have to wonder. Rebirth? I'm sorry, go ahead. 
oh no, so like, who's why does Lex Luthor have this green suit? Who is that freaking alien baby? You know, right. it just goes on and on and on. I didn't know. And what so. the three Jokers? There, there were so many things teased in that uh, big rebirth issue. Uh, you know, Jeff Johns and Gary Frank did uh, in April, I believe, or May of 2016. I can't remember exactly when it was. Uh, right. It basically left you with a, a bunch of questions, literally some of them written out for you, so you knew what they were supposed to be <laughs> right. Right, right there in the comic. So, uh, what, what, I mean, so was it that that intrigued you enough to do all that research? Because you could have easily just been like, whatever, and just closed the comic, walked away, and been none the wiser. But what, what is it that really uh, inspired you to do all that back work? It, you know, I don't really have like an exact thing that put it. Just something about it found like magical or interesting, or it just something about it come on. Even like I didn't know who Wally West was, and I have a naturally curious mind already, just about everything. You know, I, I just Google this and Google that, and sure. so so when I started to read it, and it kind of brought back some of my imagination. And I wasn't from a complete nothing, you know. I had read some some when I was younger, and then you know I watched some of the X Men and Spider Man when I was younger. So uh-huh. so I kind of had some some outlining understanding. So as I once I started reading it, I guess that was just that. It was just something that kind of kicked me the kid back in me and just I wanted to know more. So <laughs> do, do you have anybody now uh, not online that you talk about your comics with or no, no it's, with? Yeah, no, I, I wish I did. It's a pretty lonely hobby for me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, so even, even now, you know, like I, I, as a, when I started out, you know, I was only collecting a couple books. So I had Batman and Detective Comics. I had Action Comics, Superman, uh-huh. Justice League, and Harley Quinn. And that was my initial box when I started. And now it's just grown and grown and grown to where I've got close to 40 books every month. And wow. It's, it's really hard to keep up with. I probably got 100 comics roughly between the, my actual box and trades right now. It's sitting on my shelf. I need to get read. Uh-huh. And. I really went head over toes. How, how, how many do you have inbox to uh, roughly? Do you think? Do you mean like individual books a month? Just what? What do you have collected? Like what are what's how oh, many are sitting in boxes? Probably sixteen hundred. from shy of two thousand comics. And you and you just started. Uh, three years ago. <laughs> uh, and actually, I'll be honest, that's not alarming to me at all because I know how rapidly, uh, when you have a pull list, especially, you know, your your collection grows exponentially really, really quickly. Uh, and that list of unread comics could just starts piling up and that really becomes its own uh, daunting thing. You know, you, you start to wonder what, what it's all about, I guess. But, uh, yeah, people that don't collect comics might be alarmed by this, but you got to think, you know, you're getting, uh, you know, 10 a week or whatever. It builds up pretty rapidly. Uh, so how do, you, how do you store your comics then? I, I, just have the, uh, I just have the short boxes, the art. I, I like the art boxes, so it's just not white boxes in the room. Sure. So the different Justice League, Batman, Harley Quinn's, all the art boxes have come out. I just pick a couple up as I need them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then also, you know, so as it's grown, one thing that I hate not having is I hate not having a whole run. Uh-huh. Right? So I, let's add Aquaman 
two minus because they're I think when I added Aquaman they're roughly in the 30s if I remember right or late 20s so I had to go back and get all the Aquaman comics and start a rebirth of that and then I could read them so I had them in my pull box and I wasn't even reading them they were just getting stored until I find the back comics and then I went back and read them all and I did the same thing with Green Lantern Wonder Woman all the other ones as, as I've added them all it's, that's, that's how they get you that's it right there <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So how do you, how do you fill in your back comics? Do you go to the do you go to the bins or do you? Uh... I, I try to you know, and I got I have a lot of respect for your for your partner Chris for him willingness to dig through all the boxes. Oh sure, yeah. I tried to do that a couple times and I have some success, but at other times I go back there and I'm looking for let's say the first twenty five right, and they're missing four and eight and thirteen, and, and so all of a sudden you're like missing five comics or something in that run. It's just easier to go on on an online shop and buy the the whole set right and it's typically if i need a whole bunch that's what i'll do or and if not then i'll go to I, I typically try to go to a comic shop but i also i live in a smaller town and so the comic shop that was here when i started has gone under oh so i have that's... one that's about 45 minutes north of me uh-huh. and then one that's over an hour south oh, and wow. so it's not easy for me to go to a comic shop either absolutely no, that's that's totally understandable, and you know that's that's just another way to, uh, you know, plug in your collection, but also accelerate the number of comics that you collected very rapidly. Uh, is there anything else that's kind of like, kind of snaked its way into your comic collecting besides comics that uh, you're also accruing? Uh, well, you know, when. And I was sitting there, I was writing some notes for this. I, I re- reminded myself. Uh, so when I was really young, the youngest thing I can remember collecting is we used to go into the grocery store, and I can't remember if they were like dimes or quarters or what they were back then. But you, you do the little machines outside the door, and they pop out like these warplane stickers. Oh yeah, oh yeah, sure. Those, Fifty time, cents, I believe they were when I was a kid. Oh, was that what they were? Yeah, I couldn't remember how much they costed, but I'd, I'd go there, and my parents would give me change, and I buy those, and I'd go home, and I'd stick them on my door if I didn't have them. So okay. all these. And they're still in my parents' house on my door. All those stickers are still there. What would you do? The, what would you do with the doubles? I throw them away. I'm pretty you sure. You throw them away. That's hilarious. <laughs> this is when you're real young, I assume. Oh right? yeah, yeah, very I'm, little. Yeah. Probably, yeah, grade school. I'm sure. I mean, I find it hard to believe, and you know, I'm not. I'm not saying this in a way that I don't believe you, but it's 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 interesting to me that you didn't collect things so much your whole life, and now you've gone into fairly deep. You know, official comic book collecting in a very rapid way. Uh, I just wonder what what precipitated that. You know, did you have an affinity? It was re- it really just Man of Steel. Was it any of the movies after that? Did they kind of bolster your appreciation for the heroes like Batman, yeah. Superman, and whatever? Su- Suicide right. Squad. Yeah, I mean, all, all, of course, I've gone head, I mean, heads over the hills with the DC stuff, which is strange in itself, right? Because we were talking earlier with it was basically Marvel and Image, and then all of a sudden DC now. And I think yeah. part of that, too, is I'm getting more and more into it. One of the underlying things I think I really like about DC, and I'm not knocking Marvel so much, it's just what DC for me is it seems to be a more kind of realistic look at like what would happen if a being of that power actually showed up and right. what, would, what would we do if someone was basically unkillable and unstoppable you know how would people react how would they treat that and the, the idea of people trying to consider him to a god and he really hated it you know it's one of the really underlying things of man is still so I, I think that part 
I, is I found really intriguing, as opposed to a very light popcorn you know, special effects. And... That's that's I I am a hundred percent with you, and it's that's actually to even kind of break away from talking about collecting for a minute. Uh, I didn't really understand that about Man of Steel and the other movies. I saw all of them in the theater, and I was. Well, no, I didn't see Man of Steel in the theater. I saw that on DVD after it came out. But the other ones I saw in the theater, I walked away kind of confused. I could tell just watching it that BV Superman, Batman vs. Superman was uh, right. amazingly edited. Like, not not well. I mean, like, hacked to bits. Like, just yeah. to notice that in your first viewing, like, you know what I mean? Just something has gone wrong with this movie somewhere along the line. Uh, and the same thing, even much more so with Justice League. You're like, this is not, this is not any one person's creative vision. That I have to say that I I went from being sort of apathetic to feeling like they really should hashtag release the Snyder cut. Let this man tell his story because it was interesting. It may not be the story people expected because uh, they expected Marvel stuff, you know, for out of right. out of DC characters. But it is fascinating to think about the reality of. Uh, if a Superman showed up, or if a guy was really being Batman on the streets of, you know, Chicago or New York or whatever, uh, how would people actually react? They they wouldn't be clapping, you know. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, what if what if you know you you had chemicals spilled on your eyes or something, right, or hit by a lightning bolt or something? I mean, sure. all of a sudden you have all this ability, you know. And I, what would I mean? How many people would use it for good? I don't, I don't know. There's that many, and having that internal struggle of what is good and what is wrong and what is right. Right. And, um. You know. I think that's really fascinating topics to talk about. And comics. I don't. For me, comics aren't. There, it's not all light. I mean, there is a certain amount of uh, action and kind of lightheartedness too. But there's also that underlying look of how would you deal with all these subjects? And I think that's something that DC touches very well. And that's probably what caught me more than anything to get to so quickly as I've read more and more to become more and more fascinated with it. Do you only collect DC comics as of now? Not entirely. It's almost all DC. Uh-huh. Uh, do you collect Isola, uh, which is probably one of the most beautifully drawn books oh, I've yeah. seen. Very nice. But, uh, so it's, it's it's almost exclusively DC, yes, but there is a little bit here and there. Um, for, like, Marvel, for example, I, I basically go in the back. Like, I'm reading the uh, Spider-Man Omnibus, uh-huh. the first one right now from the 60s, and then I had the Claremont Omnibus coming, I think, in January. Okay. So I, I, I do read outside of DC a little bit, but I'd probably say 90, 95% is DC. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, hopefully, well, I mean, really, it's up to you how you feel about it, but if you stay with the hobby for long enough, you'll find yourself swinging back and forth like a pendulum all the time. You'll be <laughs> you'll be like, I, at certain points, you'll be like, I couldn't stand a DC comic. I only love Marvel. And then next thing you know, a couple of years later, you're like, I only read DC. I've, I've given up Marvel completely for the rest of my life. Uh, that's sort of the, the track that people do. You've gone backwards to read Marvel uh, stuff, older Marvel stuff. Are you doing the same with DC? I've been trying to. And uh, what's really fun about that is we're going back in DC and reading some of that. I found uh, Marv Wolfman and George Perez's The New Teen Titans. Nice. And that that has become my favorite all time. Oh, absolutely. Comic run. And it, it, it was just by chance, by what is this, what is that. And as I, you, you kind of got into a struggle, you can imagine starting your 
so late because you I'm reading now I'm trying to keep up what's going on now but then I'm also going in the back and trying to get context from what I'm reading now yeah and it's constant it's a constant back and forth but but I've discovered things like that run I mean I I don't know if there's a better plotter out there than Marv Wolfman his his writing is just amazing and then George's Perez is his ability just to draw expressions and looks on people's faces. I remember, like when I found out, like uh, he was drawing Raven different, and I missed it my first read through. Uh-huh. Then when I found that out, I went back and you're watching that happen. It's just incredible stuff. Oh, really was the very well written comics. I, I got to say, I envy you for you know kind of looking at some of that for the first time and reading it in a way that is totally natural, plugging in comics as you get them, you know, and kind of building it. The world out that way. Uh, the good news is that reading that will prepare you one day to read *Crisis on Infinite Earths*, which is probably the most dense comic I can think you know, of. But, <laughs> yeah, it's, and I own it, by the way. I oh, was, okay. My wife and I went to Montana, and uh, when we go, I'll visit. I'll drag her into random comic stores, and uh, yeah, the guy in there he had the complete run. So I've I've had it. Probably early 2017, I think, is when I bought it, and I still am too intimidated to touch it now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a lot. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, it, it, that's, a, that's a big story. You know, I haven't read it since when, we, when Chris and I did that five-part series. Uh, I guess that was like a year and a half ago now. But uh, ooh, it's a lot. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really know what to tell you except just to keep reading other comics and building up the world more and more until you feel like you understand it and then uh, try to tackle that one. It's all about the multiverse, you know? If you if you feel like you understand that concept, you should be able to follow what's going on in Crisis. But it's uh, a pretty crazy, crazy story. Uh, it is a question you can answer for me. Uh-huh. So in Rebirth, right, in Deluxe, Wally said that it was a there was 10 years stolen. Do you know what 10 years he's talking about? Um, I, to be honest, I'm not totally clear. My, my understanding yeah. was that was supposed to explain sort of like the de-aging of uh, the heroes of the new 52 uh, to like sort of make them explain why Wally West, who would have been like, I don't know, 25 when he disappeared, you know, whatever that is, and uh or thirty or something like that. But he's like the same age as the hero as the other heroes now, which so it wouldn't really track if you think about it, you know, if right. Barry Allen is say this roughly the same age as Batman and Wally West was his sidekick, then naturally he should be whatever, fifteen years younger than Batman, but the ten years stolen puts them more, I think, on the same age. Which uh, whatever that that's fine. They never since they never really addressed most of the stuff in that rebirth. Okay. And, and having done that recently with Chris, I can definitely say like there's so many dropped threads in there that it's yeah. just it's really depressing. You know, uh, again going off of the collecting thing, DC is obviously in serious editorial distress. Uh, you know, they they can't really keep their their things straight. Uh, I don't know who to blame specifically, but I mean, there's so many little things. Gosh, what was it? Like, uh, I just read this issue of Inferior 5 where they had Starro was the big reveal at the end of the most recent issue. Not that anyone's reading that Inferior 5 comic, but just to say, you know, he was a big reveal. And, like, Starro was a member of the Justice League. 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it's not really a big deal to have... To, to throw him out there anymore, even though he's a big Silver Age character. Are you, do you know what I'm talking about? Are you reading any of these comics at all? I'm not reading the one you're talking about, no. But, not, uh, not Inferior 5, but you know uh, yeah. Justice League, right? He, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Starro, Starro now. Up, but no justice, right, is when he got tore apart. Yeah, and then and now there's Jaro hangs out with Batman, right? That's, that's yeah, yeah. I actually haven't read the last like six six or seven issues of Justice League, either, so I'm not positive what's happening right now. But I know Starro became like a fixture, more of like you know someone you expect. So, so my point is to have him as the the end reveal in another comic book doesn't track. That's something you should really get together an editorial like Starro is no longer a big reveal character. He's just a regular run of the mill. And they've done that. That's happened a million times now with recent DC comics, where there's just like uh, serious misunderstandings between two different characters, the editorial groups of two characters, and uh, that's something Marvel handles and has handled a lot better than DC historically is uh, keeping things coherent. But anyway, now we have gotten far off the collecting track. Rabbit hole we go. <laughs> that's okay, though. You know, that's all That's all part of it. I, I, I'll probably cut some of it, but uh, I'll yeah. probably leave most of it because otherwise it won't make any sense what we're, what we're talking about here. Uh, so really, uh, have you gone... You have gone backwards on DC, but only to an extent. Have you looked into the Marvel app or... Uh, the DC app for old comics? Uh, yeah, actually, I uh, the Marvel app briefly, um, and then not so much because DC is taking up so much time. But then the DC Universe, I, I picked that up as soon as the day they announced that you could buy it, I bought it. Yeah. And uh, so I try to read at least one comic a day on it. Oh, and cool. on that, too, I'm all over the place. Like I just read uh, Batman and the Robin run. I think uh, I'm trying to... The guy's names escape me at the moment. Is Grant Morrison or Frank Quitely, that one, or? No, I don't think so, but it was, it was, uh, it was really, really good. I, uh, and so, yeah, just going all over the place on that, too. Read some Swamp Thing, and I was working my way through Batman, the animated series comic on there. Uh-huh. Because the animated series is probably my favorite run of Batman ever, and so when they had those comics That's on That's your favorite there, version. So, so... You watched Batman as a kid. You watched, like you said, other cartoons. You were aware of the characters already. Yeah, Spider-Man. I watched X-Men. So I wasn't completely oblivious. I just wasn't. I wasn't really a collector until very recently. Sure. Uh, I think that's really interesting that you came into it later in life. That's just not. Uh, I don't think people in general, and especially in America, would expect that in comics. We kind of treat these comics, as you know, like uh, for kids only. But that really is a hangover. From the comics code being right. being deployed in the fifties, you know that's just like no, just this belief that comics equal kid stuff. Whereas it's not that way in Europe or Japan. It's like comics are for people of all ages, and uh, you know I'll tell you the comics that we're talking about these DC comics. I wouldn't give most of them to a kid today. That's for sure. Well, they, I would have read them, <laughs> and, they, and they don't they don't recommend that you do either. You know they're all rated T for teen, so. Uh, you know they they can they can span the breadth of any literature and uh, you know there are some good things going on there, there there's troubles in all of comics these days I think uh, editorially it's a primary primary thing uh, they're kind of finding their footing in this new really post publishing world 
But the fact that you can go back and read these comics digitally is a massive boon. Because as you know, that you know, it used to be you know not that not not to put on my old guy hat or whatever, mm-hmm. but uh, it used to be if you wanted to find out what happened to Spider Man, you had to go find those issues. There was no other real way to find that out. That you know, it, maybe they had been reprinted if you were lucky. Uh, and this is why comics used to reprint a lot more. Anyway, that, that we're, now we're getting off track. Uh, I, I really yeah. think your story is really interesting, Patrick, and that you uh, came into collecting later. It sounds like your interest is somewhat waning, but you still have a big pull list. So I'd be interested to check back in with you uh, in a little while and see where your mind is at. You know, sure. Okay. later no on down the road with your collecting. Uh, how, how does your wife take to it? Uh, she'd just rather I didn't talk to her about it. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it taking up significant amount of space yet? No, we're well, we're kind of fortunate because I got my own room, okay. and so it is. But I've seen pictures like Chris has what like thirty lawn boxes or something oh, yeah. in a room, and I'm just trying to picture that crowd in here, and I don't know what I do with it. <laughs> and so mean, you know, it's it it gets big. You know, you you'll be you'd be surprised. I mean, it's the same thing with collecting anything. Like I said, it's all a matter of time, money, and space. It's those those three things you're constantly juggling to keep right. a collection going. I myself don't even have uh, that many single issue comics. I'm, I have four. Four. I'm looking at them now. It's four short boxes. One of them is a Silver Age short box, but uh, my collection consists of because you because you had said you wanted to talk a little bit about my collection. Uh, my comic collecting consists only of the things, weird things that I like. Uh, a lot of DC Silver Age stuff, uh, Jimmy Olsen, Lois Lane type comics, Jerry Lewis, uh, goofy Marvel comics, whatever, whatever it is, horror comics I like a lot. But I don't really have a, I have complete runs of some stuff, but I don't really have a need to get every Batman comic or whatever it is. I don't really collect that way. Yeah. But uh, I have many more books collected and collected reprint books of uh, reprints of comics, uh, both like, you know, best of 50s horror comics type books and stuff like that. Uh, stuff on the weird side, as you might imagine, is generally what I'm into. So uh-huh. that's where my, and I need a room for it also. So. <laughs> it, uh... Yeah, back on the Silver Age and uh, collecting, one of the things I've kind of wished, too, since I've been recently, is how expensive, like, 60s comics are. Yeah. I mean, I really wish the 90s happened in the 60s, you know what I mean? Cause I... <laughs> but so I would really would love to just be able to buy the whole, you know, Spider-Man run and read it and see all the ads. And there, I don't, there's nothing I like more than holding a comic in my hand, even, even more than, like, a trade. Sure. You know, having the comic and flipping through it and seeing the ads and all that stuff is there's something special about it. And the, the comics, like, from the 60s and stuff, they're so far out of price that trades are really my only option because I can't really spend a house on comics. You know, oh, absolutely. Uh, divorce. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I mean, as a reading experience, trades are actually superior, let's just say, in, in, in every way. Like, in sure. terms of not touching other people's dirty leavings or whatever, or the, or the right. fact that comics are so much more fragile. But you're right, in terms of collecting, and this is just a strange aspect of collecting I've wanted to explore, so I'm kind of glad you brought it up, but I'm not really sure 
how I can put my finger on it. It's something about maintaining the artifact, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And the, the, the best version of the artifact would be the actual comic book. But then one step removed would be a reprint in a trade, and then one step removed from that might be digital. And so, you know, it's it's great that we have the digital option these days. I'm really glad about it that people, including myself, have access to these comics. But if you want the real experience of what this comic is, you need to get the the original thing. That's my feeling about it. Right. Are you are you on the same page or different yeah, page? Or like what do you feel about it? Also realizing that. You know, I mean, there, there's comics I'm just not going to own unless something crazy would happen. I guess, well, somewhere. But, yeah, so, yeah, I'm definitely with you there. But the trades are a nice option. But the, at least that's there for us, you know. To have anything, to have any of these reprints, I think is a boon. You know, like like even the, the digital is great, too, because just to have, you know, the access to read those comics, which for so long were a secret, you know what I mean? They really were something that, a select few had some of these issues. Uh, right. Now anyone can read whatever. I can't even think of a good example of a comic, but the first Spider-Man, you know, Amazing Fantasy 15. Yeah. You know, very few people actually have that, but we've all looked at that issue. Yeah. And I, yeah. think, that's, I think that's a good thing. Uh, the uh, the facsimile of that, you know, so they make now the reprints, the facsimiles. I just got Amazing Fantasy 15. Uh, in the mail, so it's three bucks, right? Oh, awesome. The comic in my hand, even though it's obviously not the real thing, I couldn't care less. I get to hold it and read it, you know? Oh, absolutely. It, That's uh, I love these facsimile editions. I don't love the, what they're charging for them. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I do love them, you know? And and uh, I think that's it's awesome. I, I, you know, uh, Marvel jumped on that right away. DC's uh-huh. kind of been slower to do it, but I think it means a real lot to... Uh, yeah. Comics fans, do you go to comics conventions at all? Do you have a? Do you have any? I, I've, never, I've still never been to one. I've been meaning to. My uh, my job is really demanding on me, and I my shifts rotate a lot, uh-huh. so it's hard for me to make that happen. But it's something that I do want to. We have a couple that are pretty close to me. We have a Seattle and Portland, which is within two hours of me. That have major. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, have you, you have the Emerald City comic right, con, right? Rose City. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. I would strongly recommend that uh, if you want to if you want to bolster your collection. Again, I have to say, if you want to bolster your collection, because to me, collecting is a slippery slope. But I guess it's it's a great hobby if you want to be into it. You want to devote yourself and your time to it. Uh, but that's where you're going to find your Silver Age deals, your more affordable ones. Because even the ones, most of the Silver Age comics that I have. Uh, the go-go checkmark ones I have, gosh, uh, like the Maniacs and all these weird DC comics from back in the early 70s and late 60s, and almost all of them are uh, subscription issues, so they're folded in half. Uh, I've unfolded them, but that's what made them affordable was the fact they're folded. And I'm right. like, I don't care about that crease. I just want to read the comic, you know. Like, right, right. Obviously, right. I'd like to have it in a little bit better condition, but... The better condition one is like fifty to hundred bucks, so I don't want it that badly. <laughs> Not that bad. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that that's that's a tip it's, is to look at those issues that are uh, subscription issues, or someone has stamped something on the cover. Little little stupid things like that can really help to uh, knock an issue down. If a kid wrote his name on one of the pages, it like 
really can uh, work a guy down off of his higher priced stuff because you got to remember these guys want to get rid of these comics too, boy. That's <laughs> these <Yeah>. things. <laughs> yeah, they pile yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get what they can for sure. Anyway, uh, I thank you for your time, Patrick. This has really been interesting to hear about somebody getting into collecting comics in in adulthood. Although I don't think it's as rare as maybe but that phrase makes it sound. Uh, I know a lot of people got into comics right when the new Fifty Two began, and mm-hmm. uh, you know I think other initiatives like that have spurred interest and. In, you know, even if even if most of the people drift away, some people remain, and that's how uh, the industry has survived this long. Uh, do you have anything else you want to tell the people out there? Uh, not just about the comics, man, but it was really good to have a chance to talk to you. You know, I've listened to you guys for a while. Uh, you brought up briefly the Comic Code Authority, and that's actually how I found yours and Chris's podcast. You know, uh-huh. what is the Comic Code Authority? And I'm, I know the pictures, I know the little stamps are on the comics back then, but I wouldn't have not pay attention to that. Probably anymore pay attention to P, like PG 13 or something. Sure. So, <laughs> so it was that's how I discovered your guys' podcast and listened to you guys over the kind of years. Felt like I've gotten to know you a little bit and. And so it's it's good to talk to you. And when you had your um, injury, man, you you were in my wife's thoughts and prayers, man. It's good to hear uh, you. Well, to thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I'm doing a lot better. Uh, I've actually uh, walked with nothing for a few steps the other day, uh, maybe six to ten steps I, I was able to do. And to be honest, I probably could do a little more. They just had kind of a short track. But uh, I have a brace I have to wear to do that. And, and it wasn't exactly great walking, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, uh, I didn't look totally normal, but I, I, I'm coming back, you know what I mean? It's going to be a little bit longer, but I'm going to come back to being fairly normal, I think. So uh, I thank you very much for your well wishes, your thoughts, your prayers. They all definitely helped a lot while I was uh, bored as hell up in that hospital. To, yeah. <laughs> doing the best I could because, man, I was bored as you wouldn't believe it. Um, I would like to check back in with you maybe in a few months to see where where you're at with it. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'll talk to you another time. That would be cool. So, uh, all right, I'm going to cut you loose right now. But uh, thanks for rapping. So, yeah, thank you, Patrick, for uh, talking to me. I had a great time uh, discussing comics with Patrick, and especially from the point of view of someone that is relatively new to the hobby of collecting. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm longer into it than he is, but I probably have a smaller collection. So it's, it's just interesting to, uh, you know, comics is something you feel like people are into for years, but like I say, uh, we all start somewhere. So... Uh, if you'd like to contact me, I'm getting a lot of feedback from this series. People are really interested in talking about their collections, and I'm really interested in hearing about them. You can write to me at reggiereggie at gmail.com. Uh, better place might be uh, my DMs over at reggiereggie on Twitter, but I've found or someone brought to my attention that uh, I can only send DMs if people are following or I'm following people. I'm not sure what the deal is, but if you follow me, I follow you back, so... Uh, that should cure any conditions related to that. Uh, of course, you can write to the main show site at uh, 
weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com, and the main site is chrisandreggie.com. Uh, I don't think Chris is doing the alternate Wednesday show anymore, uh, Chris is on Infinite Earths, but he is doing a bunch of other shows that you should check out. Uh, Monday, he's got a show dedicated to Strike Force Moratory with uh, his friend uh, Chris and our friend. I'm not unfriendly with him. And uh, just other shows. So, chrisandreggie.com is the place to see that. But uh, until next time, folks, I'm going to tell you not to get ripped off. Yesterday, you were on my back just to get my-